parent, noun, a father or mother, a source, origin, or cause, a protector or guardian, any organism that produces or generates another. Adjective, being the original source. Verb, to be or act as parent of. Hi folks, welcome to episode, I think it's 14, of Another Way. I'm your host KJ Bell, and I'm very excited about today's episode. Maybe I just jinxed things. <laughs> but before we get to the episode, I have some exciting news to share with you. If you've listened to all of the episodes, which I hope you have, you might remember that in the beginning episode, I talked about how I wanted to have a like workshops and YouTube and blah, blah, blah. Well, one of those things is happening. I mean, you can go to horizoncreativestudio.com and look at my workshop page to see the offerings and get in touch with me if you'd like to uh, bring me to your area to do a workshop. But I'm finally getting the YouTube up and running. So the idea is that the videos on, on the YouTube page will be uh, just shorter versions of the podcast. The podcast is where we're going to really delve into the details and blah, blah, blah. But the videos will be a quicker way to get your dose of another way, and it'll be a nice way to ho hopefully hook more people in because it's it's short and we don't have very large attention spans anymore. <laughs> Five minutes as opposed to 30. Like, I really see the attractions of that a lot of the time. So, um, now that I'm saying it, it's happening. Every Monday, there's going to be a new episode. And for a while, hopefully, maybe, there's going to be two episodes until I catch up to where I am. Because, like I said, I think we're on episode 14 of the podcast and only episode one of the videos. So, yeah. Were I on really on the ball, I would have had this all going from the beginning. But when you're just starting this sort of stuff, you're not always as on the ball as you want to be. And that's okay. And that's the entire point of this thing. You have to uh, kind of take it slow sometimes. The other problem I have, of course, is that I'm trying to just work all of this around my everyday life, like to pay my bills, because that's a thing that you got to do sometimes. And a thing that stops us from doing our art, but that's another episode. Today is the parent episode. And you might, uh, you might be cringing. Because like, I don't want to talk about my parents. I don't want to be another girl with daddy issues. Which is actually a direct quote that I said to a therapist once. <laughs> um, but I'm not necessarily talking about like parents as in your parents. I'm talking about parenting yourself and your art. Because I think it was in the I think it was in the improvise episode where I talked about artist dates for the first time, and I mentioned uh, the idea of they nurture your inner artist child. And the book that I stole that from is, of course, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, and she talks a lot in that section where she talks about the dates, about approaching it and spending time with your artist child, sort of like a parent does. And if I'm remembering correctly, she talks about it. She makes a, a reference to like parents who have shared custody and how um, better relationships are built with more consistent time and, you know, and something about... 
Someday I'll do a blooper episode and just include all of those weird noises I make. Maybe I'll turn it into a dance track. That could be kind of cool. Put a little behind it. People could dance to it in, in up in the club. Anyway, what was I saying? <laughs> so spending time with your artist's child is very important, and that's what the artist dates are for. But more importantly, I think it's better. More importantly, it's better. Yeah, hello, redundancy. Um, I think that we have to really pay attention to that artist's child more than just during the artist dates. I think we have to kind of get in touch with that little kid. It's also something I talked about with the subjective, uh, with the truth episode, because that's where a lot of the subjective truths come from, is that inner child who can't really reason things and holds on to them and won't let go very easily. And at the end of the day, I think the thing about that artist child is that it just wants to be, it just wants you to pay attention to it. I don't think it really cares if you become uh, the next Lady Gaga or the next Monet or the next, you know, what insert famous person in whatever field you do here. It doesn't care if you attain that. Ego cares if you attain that, but not the artist child. The artist child just wants you to listen to it and play with it, you know? And um, I think... It's funny because I, I didn't even plan this, but that thing I was I was talking about just after uh, just two minutes ago about how I'm trying to do everything around the stuff I have to do to pay my bills, like my jobs, because I don't have just one job because that's you can't do that in the town I live in and be a musician. You have to have multiple jobs and piece together full time work from a bunch of part time jobs. Um, but working around all that. It's very easy to lose that inner child because you're thinking as the adult you about how am I going to survive? How am I going to pay the bills? What am I going to do? Okay, well, I guess I'll pick up that extra shift. I can't write. I was going to use that time to write the novel, but I, I can't. I have to pick up this extra shift. Or I can't uh, go to the museum this week like I wanted to. I have to pick up that extra shift. I have to do this job here. And just like parents with shared custody, sometimes that happens. And when you're a kid, you don't realize that maybe the reason that your mom couldn't spend as much time with you was because she was trying to feed you. We don't always get that. And I think the artist child doesn't always get that either. We can't always reason it well enough for ourselves to make it okay that we ignore that part of us. So we should stop ignoring that part of us. And I know, I know it's hard. Trust me. Trust me. I know. But, um, I think the alternative is much, much worse because there's a bitterness that can form. I mean, I don't know. It really is such a perfect, there's such a perfect, um, analog, analogy, metaphor, pick one of those. One of those is right. Um, parallel. That's the word I wanted. Parallel. There's such a perfect parallel between what I'm talking about right now and divorce and being a child of divorce. I'm not a child of divorce. 
so I'm, I'm not, I don't have a whole lot of authority, but from what I know and understand and have seen in the world, because I'm an observant person, there are lots of people who were children of divorce and grew up with a sense of, um, of bitterness about that and a sense of, uh, you know, love is not real and that relationships don't last and thinking things along that line. And I think it, it can become very easy for us in our adulthood to become that child in reference to our art. I think it, it can become super easy to look at what we're doing and go, well, there's no way that I can make it because, you know, I think we discount the art, you know. I'm saying you know a lot today for some reason. But... we can become bitter and we can become jaded and we can become so unfulfilled if we just ignore that part completely. And it's so tempting because I know that when I've had a long day, all I want to do is come home and sit on my couch and not do anything. That's all I want to do. But I haven't written today is the thought that runs in my head. And sometimes I don't. Sometimes I don't do those morning pages. Um, in the time since I started doing them, which has been about a year, I have done at least the morning pages almost every day. I think it's probably, it's less than 15 days, but more than five, I know that much. Sometimes it's really difficult, but that's where we go back to the idea of we just have to start. And sometimes just five minutes a day is all right. And sometimes I think, you, you know I'm a big proponent of talking to oneself. Maybe you don't know that, but I do it all the time. Clearly, I do it all the time. <laughs> sometimes I feel like that's all I'm doing right now is just talking to myself. No, that wasn't a cry for attention. Might have been a little bit of a cry for attention. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. <laughs> um... And now I'm just completely lost track of what I was saying. Um, oh, sometimes I think it can be okay when we get into those weeks where it is super crazy and we don't have as much time as we would like. I think it's all right to just look at ourselves and speak to that artist child. Think of yourself. I always go back to eight years old for some reason. I'm not entirely sure why, although I have my theories. But if you think of that kid... It just wants you to play with it and you can explain the situation because here's the thing about kids they don't know a lot but they know a lot i love working with the little kids in my work because they they see things in such a different way and they have such a different perspective on things that i think um adults could quite frankly use more of so they are incredibly wise in a lot of areas but they don't I guess this is a good way to say it. I think that kids are very wise, but they're not very experienced. And I think a lot of adults are experienced, but they are not very wise. I think it kind of flips as we get older. And I think if you just kind of explain to yourself, and there's something about saying it out loud versus actually just thinking it that makes it a little bit more powerful, I think. If you just explain to yourself, okay, I know 
that you want to do these things. I know that you want us to write. I know that this wants to happen, and I want it too. I know that you want us to finish this painting, but things are just a little rough right now. You know, I've got a big uh, project to at work, or I've got a lot of concerts coming up right now in my case, and <laughs> it's just, if you make that promise to yourself and you commit and say that this is an important thing, and I really want to, but just practicality dictates that we can't spend as much time on it as I would like to right now. I think there's a power in that that can save you in both senses. It can save the artist you and it can save the whole you from any tantrums that the artist child might throw. Because it does throw tantrums, I find. Subtle ones that you don't even think about. So, there's another idea that is mentioned in Artist's Way around the same time as, uh, oh, that was weird. Computer restarted over there. Okay. Anyway, um, what was I saying? There's another idea around the artist-child thing. And this is where, if we deny too much of it, we become um, shadow artists, is the term. And I, I really like this term because I think it describes the thing perfectly. And I was a shadow artist for a long time. That's why I went into music education, because I could be around artists and around musicians and around people who, who were creative. And I could teach people who would go on to live dreams that I wanted to live myself, but I didn't have to take the risk of it. That's what you do. You, you often find um, shadow artists doing things like that. And I think, I think when I was reading that, I connected it to that thing I said in the matter episode where either you decide you don't matter and it turns external or it turns internal. And I think that in this case, it's a little bit less dramatic of a thing. And if it turns internal, you go into careers like that where you go to teach or you go to um, maybe work in a nonprofit or instead of becoming a musician, you become like the librarian for a symphony or something. And... I'm not saying that all people that are in those careers, that's the case, but some of them for sure. Because I know that I know great teachers who are fantastic at what they do and could be, you know, professional performers, but who prefer to teach because that's what they really, really love to do and what they've always seen themselves doing. But you can find people, you can find shadow artists in that sort of career. But if it turns external, you often find them in um julia cameron mentions that a lot of critics that she knows display classic symptoms of uh shadow artists and especially the harsh ones because they're bitter that people are doing what they really want to do and i totally get that because we've talked about how um i've had to combat my own jealousies against people that i've known in my own life um, because they were doing what i wanted to be doing and i just wasn't uh, allowing myself. So I think the entire gist of, of this episode is that you should be the parent that you needed when you were whatever age for that artist child that you have now to stop it from becoming a shadow artist. And maybe you already are a shadow artist. Um, the two are not 
you know, mutually exclusive. Not that's not the right phrase. The two things are not necessarily connected: artist child and shadow artist. Um, but oh, that's not the right way to phrase it either. Um, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say with this. Anyway, we're going to take a break. Talk about our sponsors, um, and we're going to come back and talk about how you can be the parent that you needed. Yeah. I think that's what we're talking about. So as always, the podcast is brought to you by Great Grand Projects, creative collective of artists on the web at greatgrandprojects.com. And it's also brought to you by Horizon Creative Studio, the home of Another Way. Um, and now by the, the Another Way, you know, the Horizon Creative Studios YouTube channel, which is the home of the other Another Way video series coming soon to a YouTube near you. The introductory video is up, and I will include a link to the channel and that video on um, the website, maybe in the description of this podcast if you're listening on iTunes. I think that's a thing that can happen. I'll try it. We'll see. Um, so check out horizoncreativestudio.com for more info on everything. You'll be able to listen to podcast episodes. Um, soon you'll be able to watch the videos directly on my website instead of just going to YouTube. Or you could go to, you know, whatever. So, greatgrandprojects.com, horizoncreativestudios.com. Okay, back to the real deal. So, I said before before the break that we were going to talk about being the parent that you needed that your artist child needed now. Um, and I'm saying that super awkwardly. It's not, I'm not, I'm not expressing it. I'm not expressing anything today the way I really want to. Dang it. <laughs> I used to think I was so smart and articulate. And I am, but, you know, not all the time. Anyway, some of you may have grown up with great parents who were very supportive of your art. I... I did. My parents were supportive. Um, we have we had issues in other areas, but they were never not really supportive of my art. I think most of my issues with it were um, were my own. But I suppose I could have used. I don't know what I could have used. <laughs> um. I don't think there's ever a thing as too much support. So I suppose I could have used more support for my art, for my parents, but it wasn't, it wasn't a bad thing. And there are others of you out there that I'm sure your parents were very not supportive. I've met countless people who have gone into, um, ironically, I've met a lot of people who have gone into finance instead of music, funnily enough, because their parents talked them out of, uh, out of being a musician. And I think a lot of the time, um, it's just like I was saying earlier, the, the parents just want to protect us and they don't really mean to, to harm. It's, it's, again, it's a subjective, objective truth thing. Um, maybe you can, maybe adult, you can reason out that your parents just wanted you to be stable and they knew that maybe being a musician was not necessarily the most stable career or maybe being a painter was not a stable of a career and you wouldn't make as much money and that's how you uh 
are safe in the society is if you have a, a decent amount of money. But, um, I think, so I think a lot of the parents are coming from a good place and you can understand that when you are an adult, but when you're a kid, you don't get that as much. You don't get the subtlety of it and neither does the artist child. And that's where a lot of the, the problems with the subjective truth between you and your parents might arise up, might arise up. I think that's redundant. They might just arise, rise up, arise. I can't English very well today. <laughs> but if you think about what you needed when you were eight years old, did you need piano lessons? Go, to, go get yourself some piano lessons. Did you maybe really, really want to do karate? Go find an adult, an adult beginner's karate class. And I know I'm saying that like it's super easy because it's, it's not always that easy. But... If you make the effort and it might give you a better understanding of your parents, quite honestly, because if you make the effort, you might realize how hard the effort really is to make. Maybe they wanted to do that for you, but they just couldn't through whatever, from whatever means. Or maybe your parents were just jerks. <laughs> maybe your parents were just unsupportive jerks because I know a lot of people who are jerks. So it makes sense that people's parents would be jerks. <laughs> but either way, if you really listen to yourself, and this is a this is a good place for your morning pages and your writing practice. This is a good place to explore this sort of thing. What does your inner child, what does your artist child need? Do you need to go out and get one of those adult coloring books, even though the rest of your brain says it's stupid and such a fad and ridiculous? And then you get one and you decide that it's actually kind of soothing and kind of fun, like I did. I did. I, did. I resisted for so long. I was like, this is so stupid. <laughs> and then I got one and I was like, okay, I get it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Listen to it. Listen to it. And I know that it's hard because, it, I mean, regular children are hard to listen to. Not not in the least the ones that are living inside you. Because there's so much other Michigas that gets in the way. <laughs> there's also a big part of this that means protecting your inner child, your inner artist child. And a lot of that is uh, protecting it from people who are critical of your art. And that might be your actual parents. <laughs> um, it's like it's like any other parent. You have to be careful about who you let your children hang out with. And in this case, I guess I am meaning children, in, both in terms of the little artist child that's within you and the creations that you give birth to. Because you do parent those in a lot of ways. It's... Uh, I'm not comparing, you know, writing a novel to childbirth, but I'm comparing writing a novel to giving childbirth. You become attached in a very similar way, and I know that there are self-righteous people out there who will who will say I'm ridiculous for comparing um, the the symphony I'm working on right now to a child. But it is a little bit. So you have to protect your creations and yourself from people who might not 
be the best for you. It's it's one of the biggest things I've learned from RuPaul is to not read the comments. And especially in today's age where people are just so vicious behind the anonymity of their keyboard, I think it can be very dangerous to read the, the um, comments. I have a plan for if anything I hit ever really gets big and to the point where I would get reviews, which I'm hoping if you're listening to the podcast, you'll go to iTunes and give us a rating and a review. Um, my plan is to have somebody else read it and tell me if there's anything constructive. Because criticism is not a bad thing by itself. I've gotten some great notes from people who have uh, given me some constructive criticism and allowed me to change things in a very positive way. But when it gets to a point where it's just like, this is so stupid and you're fat and you're an ugly cow. It's like, okay, well, what did that have to do with the song I wrote? Um, so my plan is to just not read those things and have somebody else do it and give me the, give me the relevant things. Uh, and that's not always plausible, feasible, feasible. But uh, I think it's a good goal. And you have to know yourself just like just like a parent you have to know what you can handle and just like a parent you won't always know what you can handle you won't always know who is good for your inner child you won't always know what they can handle until you realize that they can't handle that you know i've i've done it with my with my own students that that aren't my actual children i've done i've done it with kids in lessons where i've I've told them something that I thought they could handle and it just confused them and I could never get it back to where they it, what they weren't confused or it took a really long time and I think every parent has that moment at some point you know maybe <laughs> maybe you gave the birds and bees talk too early um there's a great uh Louis CK bit where he talks about his daughter asks him if the sun uh, if the earth goes around the sun and will it always go around the sun? And he says, and he tells her, well, no, someday the sun is going to explode. And she was like four or something. And he said, she wasn't ready. And it's a great little stand-up bit. So you can, I don't remember what special it's on, but that's exactly what I mean. Sometimes you don't know until it's too late. Sometimes you don't know the people who aren't supportive until they're not. And they've said something that is right. I had a person in my life who I'm I'm very close to who I thought was an okay uh, person to uh, share some of my work with. And I, I told this person about a story I was writing once. And they asked me um, when the last time I saw a doctor was. Like, jokingly, but it hurt. And I stopped writing the thing. I didn't even consciously, like, oh, well, I stopped writing the thing because this person said that. I just stopped writing it and it didn't, it took me several, it took me a couple of days to realize that I had stopped writing it because of that comment. And I just, I had no idea. I thought that person was fine. And then I shared that and then I realized, okay, that's not an all right person to share this sort of stuff with. So I don't, I don't give details to that person anymore. So it's, it's a, it's a trial by error process. Sometimes, sometimes you don't know. Sometimes you log on to something and think, oh, I, I can handle this. And then you read a comment that just really 
guts you to the core. And you know it's stupid and that it doesn't matter and that it was written by an anonymous person behind a keyboard somewhere in the world. But it's like you can't get it out of your head. And sometimes, and this is where subjective truth comes back into things, because sometimes it's it's some little innocuous comic comment. Um, I saw a, a comic once about relationships, and it was something about um, the girl said to the guy in the comic, I love that little gap between your teeth. And so the guy stopped smiling, because he was like, gap between, I didn't know there was a gap between my teeth. And then he stopped smiling because it, it, he didn't like it. Even though the girl had said, I like the gap between your teeth. So sometimes what people think is a compliment, you might not take as one. And so you have to know that those things are going to be out there. And you have to watch for them. And uh, you have to know when you've been hurt. And you have to allow yourself the space to feel that sometimes. Because that's what you have to do with kids. You have to let them have the feelings. You have to let yourself have the feelings. You might not like it. I don't like it either. But you have to accept it. So be the parent to your artist child. And I suppose to your real children that you needed. If your kid says, hey, I want to draw, say yes. Let's do that. If your kid brings you a photo, a, a drawing that they've made, and you, <laughs> and you ask what it is, and they say, "Oh, it's a it's a tiger," don't say, "But tigers aren't purple." Let them have the purple tiger. <laughs> and I guess at the end of this episode, what I want to just tell you is, don't take everything so seriously. And that's what adulthood does to us. It makes us take things very seriously. And I think, again, I'm not a parent, but I imagine that um, being one makes you take things very seriously. Because there's another life that depends on you, and that is a serious thing. But don't take it too seriously. Have some fun. You're going to have to discipline that child occasionally. But that doesn't mean you can't have fun. And the same goes for your inner artist. You can tell it what I tell mine every day. It's okay to be an artist. It's okay to create. It is okay to be exactly as you are right now. It is okay. You are okay. And I am okay. See you next Tuesday. Or Monday if you watch the YouTube. Subscribe. <laughs>